0: On the road again, on the road again going places that
1: I've never been seeing things that I- good evening ladies and gentlemen from the basement of Holden Hall this is the Breslin breakdown I'm your man Nathan Stearns in the host chair with Charlotte Steinberg and Sutton McGee two of the other women's basketball beat members and we got a good one for you today michigan state went on the road to northwestern last night i was there for that game lost 85 to 55 in another forgettable performance in a season season that is quickly becoming an enigma of that we'll be sure to touch on that talk a little bit a little bit about welsh ryan arena and the whole northwestern university in our Really nice experience there. But to start things off, as I just mentioned, Michigan State loses 85-55. to Spartans struggled from the floor all night. Weren't able to get to 40% in this five-game losing streak that they currently find themselves in. They've only shot from 40% once, and that was against Purdue. Michigan State now sits at 11-12 on the season and 4-8 and in conference play. And they will come back home. This Thursday when they welcome in Rutgers and this Monday, this upcoming Monday, when they welcome in the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But we know it's going to be a tough one for Michigan State to go to Northwestern and win. And Michigan State got a heavy dose of Lindsay Pulliam and Veronica Burton once again. Burton finishes with 23 points and 12 rebounds. Pulliam has 31 points on the game and she exited with 7 minutes left in the 4th quarter. Spartans had no answer for her. Susie Merchant in the postgame wasn't happy with the lack of defensive prowess that the Spartans showed. And, guys, I know you weren't at the game. I know, Charlotte, you were watching the game. What did you see?
2: I saw a lack of consistency, obviously, but I was definitely disappointed with Nia Cloudon and her play. When she would go up the floor, she did not look engaged. And we've seen this before from Cloudon when Susie would comment, Where is her effort? But I was very surprised by Clouden's effort. and. Overall, how the team is just depleted and how no one is really producing.
1: And it was interesting for me because I didn't think that Taryn McCutcheon and Osmond were going to play yesterday. I really I didn't. I did either. I mean, I, normally when you have a bad concussion like Osmond sustained, it takes you more than two games to shake that you off. thought but she was going
0: to be out the whole she year.
1: She was ready. She was ready. She was in warm-ups. And I look at Bobby and Darren, and I go, okay, we might have a little bit of depth here. We're not going to have to see Claire Hendrickson <laughs> go for 30 minutes a game, but... More of the same. Terry McCutcheon hits two threes out of the gate. Michigan State gets out to a quick six to nothing lead. And then just like that, Michigan State's down double digits at the end of 124 to 14. And it was turnover after turnover after turnover. It was especially the makes. Bellis and Tyre Parks had an utter inability to hold on to the ball yesterday. I did like did that. not highlight. hold it did would not hold on to the ball. She did have a Dekembe Mutumbo block.
2: Yeah, the that's what I was talking about.
1: As block on Veronica Burton last night. But other than that, it was just a really forgettable performance with the exception of Kayla Bellis, who had 12 points, four rebounds on four or six shooting. But one stat once that really stuck out to me, and I was actually talking to Taryn after the game about this, was how is it that she gets eight rebounds and Kayla Bellis gets four? She gets eight. Neen and gets five seven. Five. She's my height. You're telling me that someone of my height is getting more you rebounds? 5'5"? Five five? Yes. I, I I am a midget. I am a very wow. short. I and don't Kayla know. Bellis I'm five like... seven in heels. I am five seven so in heels. How... Except you don't ever wear heels. Is
2: it Kayla Bellis like six two or like six, six
1: six two
0: six three? To... She was in foul trouble. Tiger to... Parks was in foul trouble, and it was just. You also have to take into account the fact that what they're listed at is probably not what they actually are. That they always do that in a basketball.
2: Yeah, but I'm sure they wouldn't. Like I'm sure Taryn's actually five five.
0: Yeah, yeah. But for me, it just seems like. Every single game, like, I obviously, I didn't get to watch the game last night. You guys went to it. It was on TV really late. But, like, they're all the same. They're all just, like, they just don't play good, and they just get blown out every single game. And, like, you can look at the box scores from the last five games and see the same exact thing over and over and over and over. Cloudon
1: has not shot above 35% in the last five games. I don't know where. It's ever since that
2: Ohio State game she turned around and – Four of Ace eleven last
1: night wasn't good. Was not good last night. Struggled. But she was in
2: double figures, but that doesn't really
1: matter. I, I know. Four. I mean, got to, She does a good job of going to the line. She three or three from the stripe last night, but four of eleven. Taryn McCutcheon hits her first two shots of the game, and then ends up going three of fourteen. Moira Joyner, who we talked about earlier in the season, has really disappeared the last little stretch run of play. So it's just been a
2: and other than really. Those-
1: Bad performance all around for Michigan State. I will say this though. I will say this. Props to the Northwestern athletic department because when we went to Notre Dame, it was so hard to find our credentials. It was like trying to find a you needle in a so haystack. I was running around Notre take Dame. It you forty-five minutes to find. We got. We had to go to three we were different to go places. On the court, yes.
2: go to the other buildings, and then Stearns is like running after this lady. It was yeah, uh, yeah,
1: because it's like after a while, I'm like, okay, you know what? En- enough is enough. But this guy, we had people that let us into the stadium. We had the S.I.D. came in, found us, brought us to Kara. Susie was Susie was actually walking through the metal detector when we had just gotten in, and she looks at us and had like this giant smile. She was really surprised we were there. Did she Can- say
0: anything to you in the post game?
1: No, she, she thanked us. She she was really uh, grateful that we were out there because the only other media outlet they had was some cameramen for Michigan State Athletics, which is the official webpage. No, so like they go everywhere. Or... No, no. State News wasn't there. Obviously, WILX wasn't there. Nobody like that. So, But it was a lot of fun. Drive down there was good. One thing, when you go through Gary, Indiana and Michigan City, I have never seen... So many oil refineries in my life. (laughs) Like when you're hugging that shore of Lake Michigan going down the west side of the state, and then you're kind of on the tip of Lake Michigan between Illinois and Indiana, it it just looks like Beijing with all the smog. Like we're Darren's driving, and I look out the window because I'm in the passenger seat, and it's just oil refinery after oil refinery after oil refinery. And I'm like, oh my. Gosh, like, you don't see an oil refinery for the first 200 miles, and then there's 30 within a three-block radius. Drive drive was We We left here at 3.30, thought we were going to get stuck in Chicago rush hour, really didn't hit it. We did almost get run over by a snowplow. That was fun. But uh, other than that, it was a really, really adventurous trip. But as, as as I said, you know, the big reason we tried to go down there was just for the Susie Brownie points, as I always... Allude to. Kara was really, really happy that we were there. Um, it, it, it was a really, ni- it was a really rewarding. There was nobody there, nobody there. Like which no would, fans. No, probably I could.
2: And what about Northwestern Media?
1: They had a lot of people. Northwestern has a better journalism school than we do, and there's very few Big Ten universities that can say that, but they can. They are. Them and Syracuse are two of the best. They produce. Really, really, really good student media, and they were really nice and really courteous. And who's
0: I the, who's the most famous Northwestern like journalism alum? That... I, 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 you, you have
1: to ask Northwesterns. So I don't, I don't have a clue. I, I really don't have a clue. I know that their program is really, really well. I can look it up. Is really renowned. I didn't get to talk to them as much just because after the game, I went into the. I was waiting outside of the locker room for Ooh, um, Michael Wilbon oh okay mike, 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 greenberg. mike greenberg
0: rachel nichols
1: jeez yeah exactly my, my my point is my point is raised rachel but...
2: nichols went to northwest
1: brent musburger but anyway but anyway
2: yeah. adonde i
1: i digress so i'm waiting outside of uh the Kevin's the locker room and Susie comes out they come out and we had darren who was in the main media room doing the northwestern audio so i didn't get to talk to them as much but it was just a really nice experience Alex McRae our assistant sports director recommended that we get something neat on the way down because Northwestern apparently doesn't have any food in the media center but we go in and they had like three trays worth of pulled pork sandwiches and I look over at Bobby and I go okay you know how this feels when I can eat in a school that's 350 miles away but I can't eat the media food at my own university I mean (laughs) It, it, it was it was good uh it just the the media the media room's not big it's probably the size of the studio that you, you that you were cramped in but there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of people there and the, the thing that was really nice is you had it's like a high school gym but like on the concourse you have the media center the court and Michigan state's locker room probably within 200 feet of each other. Like, when if you're doing media availability at the Breslin, there's the media room on one level, there's the arena level, there's five different levels. It's like the arena of Russian nesting dolls. But you had everything in one little corner of mm-hmm. the arena, which was awesome. They had us in Section 211, so we had a really nice vantage point. But the, the scenery was nice. I, w- I was surprised that there weren't more Northwestern fans there. I know it's a Monday night. I know it was 8 o'clock. And but it's what, Chicago. But what else are you cheering for? There is no other sport that I can think of that that university is good at. Their men's basketball team is, one of the worst Big Ten, is having one of the worst Big Ten seasons over probably the last 10 years. I mean, you lose. What have they lost to Merrimack, Radford, school, uh, schools in the RPI, 250, RPI 300. Their football team just had a three-win year, and they were abysmal
0: so i mean we might it, not win that many games next year but that's a whole different conversation. it is it is and
1: it, <laughs> it, it's interesting for me that you go into the breslin and it doesn't matter that this team is just scraping and clawing its way toward the finish it's a good turnout every time and you had one northwestern section the only crowd that was making noise was like this little like parent pet band who were just screaming every five minutes And it's like, don't you have anything better to do? Like you're just sitting here screaming like a bunch of idiots.
2: Well, they're they're in a contender for a Big Ten championship. it, it, It wasn't
1: like cheering. It was just like, oh, you know, just just like screaming at the coach, screaming at the officiating, screaming at Michigan State. It wasn't like productive cheering. It was just, it was just like, oh, don't miss. You don't want to miss. Oh, she missed, and it's oh, and I could, and we were on the other side of the arena, and we could hear them. And it,
2: I wouldn't say w- w- they missed a lot when you lose
1: by 30. Those are the kind of sites that I was trying to look for to keep my interest up, so to speak. But it, it was one of those games that Michigan State got out, like I said, got out to the six to nothing early lead, and then the wheels fell off. Turnover after turnover after turnover. I think they had eight first quarter turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. That's and true. Nia Cloudon had three. In the first quarter, and she was trying to do too much. Had a nice and one early in the contest to give the Spartans a nine to four lead, but Lindsey Pulliam and Veronica Burton again destroyed Michigan State. I don't know. Also
2: have Wolf and Shy.
1: Those two though, in the in both times the Michigan State's played them, really haven't gone off. It's been Burton and Pulliam. Had both had twenty two in the. Not last night, but the game a couple weeks ago when Michigan State lost 76-48 to 48 at the Breslin. But Burton goes for 23-11. and 11, Pulliam goes for 31 and hit a couple shots that normal human beings shouldn't make. In fact, she had one, she got one pass. She's off balance on the far right wing side and is falling out of bounds and flings it with Tyre Parks all over her and knocks it down. And at that point, it's like, It was like it was McDaniel's against Purdue, or it was McDaniel's for Purdue all over again. McLaughlin, McLaughlin (laughs) couldn't couldn't miss a shot.
2: Carissa McLaughlin
1: couldn't miss a shot, and it's a broken record when you look at the box score. Merchant, I think, is really starting to reach to the point now where everybody's going to get a turn. Nia Cloud only gets twenty-seven minutes. Bella sixteen, Taryn twenty-nine, Mora eighteen, Holly fifteen, Winston thirteen. Arolt 17, Osman 18. Did Holly
2: even score yesterday? No,
1: she did not. See, that's
2: what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to give everyone a chance, take Holly out of the starting lineup. She had
0: two rebounds and no points. And Hendrickson had 14. That's a starter.
2: Let's just say. There's
0: there's literally nothing to say because this is the same game that's happened the past five times. I will say this, though. Nothing has changed.
1: Nothing. Claire
2: Hendrickson in front of Neil I don't care.
1: Hendrickson had 14. Jackman had 10. Everybody played. Everybody played. Dodd had eight minutes. I talked to. Sydney Dodd played eight minutes. She had 15 or something against Maryland. And I talked to Susie after the game because when we were. At the presser after the Purdue game, she said, Sydney's not ready. Sydney's not at a point now where she's ready to play, where she's athletically conditioned enough. It's just the mental side I mean, of things hasn't tell. caught up. Like, and, then two, and then two games later, she's out there getting 15 minutes. And for me, it was... And what was her response? I mean, she you're good against Maryland, and she had two points at four rebounds. I mean, it was a very ho-hum sort of... She wasn't bad, wasn't good. She's good against Maryland, but it's like two games later... And she's playing fifteen minutes, and I get—I think it's—I think it's more of Susie just losing her patience really quickly with Kayla and Tyre more than of what it is with
2: Tyre Sydney ca- doing good can't catch in the in the post.
1: She can't. In she literally has butter Bellis fingers. has. Be- Bellis is getting better, but there is there was a stretch. Oh boy, when was it? Second quarter, I want to say, where she picks up two fouls in thirty seconds. She does that every game, where it's. Thir- at this, at the worst time, you pick up two quick fouls, and all of a sudden, it's okay. We got to put Dot in because Holly right now is not not even being a good rebounder. I mean, you're you're getting two rebounds at the four, can't really put you at the five. Especially the only where-
2: thing she's really doing, I, what I saw yesterday, was she would stand on the free throw line and just pass out to Taryn. Yes, she- that's the only thing she's doing. But I don't understand. I get she's a senior. I understand like senior leadership and what she brings. But I just do not get why they're starting her. I really, I it, it it's very it's laughable.
0: It's a it's a lost cause. There's, I mean, they
2: at least try someone I, else I, out. But I don't he, get it. And
1: here's why I'm not Good ready Osmond. to completely throw a fork into the season. The Spartans' last five games have been brutal from a scheduling standpoint. Brutal. Northwestern away, Maryland away, Iowa away. It's just every every possible stretch this is the stretch where if they have anything left they're gonna have to show it Rutgers is a good team not a great team but minnesota illinois they have minnesota illinois and penn state who are all so they have four games left in the season no they have five or 6 i'm just thinking of like the games that i that are winnable in my opinion
2: oh. penn illinois State's, is like towards the bottom of the big Ten. illinois
1: second from the bottom minnesota just
2: lost their minnesota's
1: five and seven five and eight so they've well, not because that...
2: they lost their top player
1: yes but they still haven't been Still have been world beaters, so Illinois and Penn State are games that I think the Spartans could win, depending on if Nia Clatten turns a corner, which feels like I've been saying for the last.
2: I don't know. She's just not like. She's, not I, I, she's just like... not all there right now.
1: Just not all. And when you ha- and I told Bobby this at the last pod, but when you have so many of your key players. Go out due to injury. When you are one of the program pillars that's seen through everything, you have to elevate your play. You can't regress. She's not gotten better. She's gotten worse as the season has gone on. Exponentially, she's gotten worse.
2: She doesn't look like a starter. For... Not,
1: not anymore. And she, she was playing lights out against Notre Dame. She played lights out against Ohio State. She was good against Wisconsin. And now it's she gets 13 points, but it's taken her 15 shots. And... Ideally, regardless of wins, losses, what whatever you have it. For me, I wanted to see her continue to elevate her style of play as the season went on because she's get given every opportunity. People aren't doubling her,
2: and this is her team. Yes. Like after this year, when. Taryn leaves and Nia leaves, but I think it's her team for the and next she, two years. And
1: she is not answering the bell right now. No. You, I mean,
2: no.
1: maybe her playing well, I don't think it's going to be the difference between them winning and losing. But you can't go sh- shooting 25%. Hold you on, have to do on. everything in your power.
0: I lost you. You you ranted so long. I forgot who you're talking about. Who are you talking? Nia. About? Nia. Nia Cloudin. Cloudin, Cloudin? Cloudin
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it's. I, I know. I. This. This is kind of how this works, where <laughs> I talk and everybody <laughs> I, I fills just, in with I their comments. Zo- I just
0: zoned out for half a second and just didn't even know what you were talking about.
2: Sutton, what are your? What do you think about Nia Cloudin?
0: I just. I mean, she's just got to. She. She hates. You know, she hates everyone asking her the questions about leadership. But she's got it. Like, if she's gonna be a pillar of this like team like she has to be more vocal she has to say something like we talked to her and she's so quiet and everything like that and like we've gone over all this and all the pods before but like she has to like it's like you said it's her team it's it's her and it's gonna be her and joiner's team for the next three years and ballast and, and but yes uh, no, but they, they, that's they, shaky
2: that's yeah shaky. but it's
0: gonna be them two them two are going to be the best two players for the next three years you can two to fill. Three you can fill in. Two to three years. What do you mean?
2: Because there's going to be better players. For example, Kendall Kendall Bostic coming Bostic in is really good. She's really okay. But good. I'm, ta-
0: I'm talking about like the senior, like the higher up leadership, the upperclassman leadership. Okay. I just but don't
2: see Nia Cloud in finding her voice. I don't see it.
0: Like. It's, it, it, it's
2: it's comes in it, yeah. it
1: comes along at time. It comes along at time. I mean, it's never a good thing when you're asking a sophomore to assume the role of a senior, but. I just don't see
0: anyone else that's like that's that's been good. No one's been good. Like, like, I feel like they just hate each other on the floor. I feel like they just like they just stand there and they just don't like working together at all. And they all just like play selfishly or and like.
2: And screaming yeah. at them. Yeah, Taran's, Taran's, the one
0: that's lighting the into tri- them. Yeah, the, the one, one, one lighting trying to be into the, them. Like the second. Co-
2: well, yeah. I
1: mean, you had, we had Coco Gaines out. In warm-ups, yelling at the players, making sure that they were doing everything. So she's doing everything she can from the sideline. But you're right. You're right. And that's, it's And Taryn's the one calling for the ball. She's the one demanding the shot. And it's a bunch of other people but who are running around like with their, with their heads cut off. Yeah, but you can't go 3 of 14. I mean, no, I, I, I what understand else can that. you say? I
2: understand that, but I still think that Taryn's still being there as a senior leader.
1: She is. She And she, she missed a couple of open shots. Some of the shots, I I not some. Most of them are from point blank range. This isn't Who is that guy for Penn State Sutton? You would know that oh that Lamar, guard. Lamar. That, Lamar, not Stevens? Lamar. Not Lamar. No, Dredd. Miles Dredd.
2: Oh, number five. Who
1: I... had the stupidest
0: jump shot
2: yeah. but made
0: everything. Like oh, so some... oh, I thought I thought he looked like a, a Spellman. Spellman. Yes. I, I thought that yeah, I know who you're talking about. And yeah. it's
1: like Your
0: jump shots bad. We're doubling you, and you're still scoring. But that wasn't the problem. That was first of all, that was not the problem. The problem was putting Malik Hall, a freshman, on Lamar Stevens, a senior. That was just the dumbest decision. But you know know what I mean, though. But I know what you're saying. It's it's a
1: matter of sometimes the baskets aren't. Sometimes you're going to make contested layups. Sometimes you're not. But they're missing from point blank range. Oh, and I mean there was. Three or four threes, Cloudens, wide open, sets her feet, doink.
2: It's like that Notre, literally a couple of the threes I saw, like she'd be running and then tearing past her. It like, looked like flashes of Notre Dame, the same exact yes. shots, but it's not falling. at and, all.
1: And this is why I say, and this is before we all go, oh, wo- woe is me. Minnesota, who the Spartans have, not the next game, but the game after on Monday, the 17th, Minnesota is 5-8 and eight in the conference. They host Penn State who's 1-12, their only one win, of course, being over Michigan State, Illinois. They go to Champaign against the 2-10 and Illinois team. So there are legitimately three games where if they play well, they can win. And that would probably be enough to get you into the WNIT. I don't know. One player that we really haven't talked a lot about is Eliza Winston, someone who I thought coming into this year was going to be maybe the biggest freshman contributor just based on her speed, just based on her athleticism, guys. And right now, it's been a really disappointing rookie season, I think, for her. She's not been getting a lot of playing time. She's splitting time with Claire Hendrickson and Laurel Jackman right now, which is not the way that I think Susie envisioned her rookie season going. But with the way that the Spartans are playing right now, you got to get a look at as many people as are possible. Winston only getting... Only getting 13 minutes last night, especially in a blowout like that. She did go two of four from the floor, five points, two rebounds. But it's been an inconsistent season for her. It's been an inconsistent season for really everyone on the Spartan club. And I think that we expected some roughness around the edges with the freshman playing A Ralt, obviously, factors into that mix. Joyner, Eliza Winston, Sydney Dodd, but for me, even though I think Joyner is head and shoulders above her other freshman mates, they're all inconsistent. They've really not been able to string it together. And really, there's not one player on this Spartan team at all right now that you can definitively point to and say, you can book her for a 5 of 10 game with 10, 15 points. Now there's 10 players that are capable of doing that, but... What we saw earlier in the year with Julia Ayrault being a good rebounder, with her being being someone that would really be able to stretch the floor, knock down some mid-range jumpers, knock down some threes from beyond the arc, her shooting percentage over the last month has been anemic. She's really struggled generating any sort of offense, and that's someone that I thought was really on the cusp of becoming a really, really, really good freshman. Then obviously the verdict is still out on Sydney Dodd just because she's been playing for such a little amount of time but the rotation is really going to be interested going forward it's going to be an an interesting scenario obviously when you have pretty much your entire roster that's playing 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes a game everybody's getting out on the floor and that's Birch, and I think basically just saying I'm really sick and tired of people not doing what they're supposed to be doing and Right now, as we said two months ago, Julia A. Ralt, Tori Osment are playing like the same player right now, Moira Joyner, and others are playing just at the same level that really they had become accustomed to coming into East Lansing. And there's just not been as quick of a maturation curve as I think anyone would have liked to see. But going forward for michigan state you still have a little bit in front of you obviously we've talked about how the tournament hopes are dead in the water there's really nothing that they can do now short of winning the big 10 tournament which we will be at by the way that they'll be able to do to resurrect this season but the wnit is still out in front of them because they have the tiebreaker over nebraska who's a half game ahead Minnesota, who they play at the Breslin, that's going to be huge. Whoever wins that game, if they finish with identical conference records as the tiebreaker, Michigan State. Let's say that Michigan State, Nebraska, and Minnesota all finish, well, just for an example, 6 and 14 in conference. Michigan State is the head to head over Nebraska and the head to head matchup over Minnesota. So that would put them in the spot for an at large WNIT bid. But they're 11 and 12 right now, they have a couple games. Going forward, Penn State last game of the year at home, you gotta win that game. Going on the road to 2-10, Illinois, gotta win that game. I give the Spartans a fighting shot against Rutgers because even though Rutgers is a good team, they're more of a middle tier Big Ten team. They're not obviously better than Wisconsin, better than Penn State, better than Illinois, but they're not at the level of Iowa, not at the level of Northwestern, not at the level of Maryland, and that's evidenced by their seven and five conference record. So, for Michigan State going forward, you beat Rutgers and you give yourself a fighting shot to make the WNIT. You go back to 12-12. and 12, You have a couple games going forward, especially Minnesota on Monday night, that obviously you're going to have to get up for. This team is by no means good enough to beat anybody in the country just getting out of bed, rolling over, and thinking they can play without really focusing. But... Minnesota's been a team that's really been up and down all season, as has Penn State, as has Illinois. So for the Spartans, you have an opportunity. You struggle down the road mightily, again, this entire season, but you come back home and you have an opportunity to hold home, serve. You have the majority of the games for the rest of the year are at home for Michigan State. Check here really quick in a couple seconds but other than Illinois and Purdue Michigan State really doesn't have to travel anymore they still have Michigan at home so looking at the schedule here folks the Spartans only have two road games left in the regular season they go to Purdue on February 20th and they go down to Champaign on February 26th but when you look at their home games they have I believe four home games left two road games so Michigan State with an opportunity to pick up four home wins, and that's something that the Spartans have really been good at all season up until this last big losing streak was holding home court. They were really good at home last year, only had one loss at home, beat teams like Oregon at home, and obviously everybody knows how good Oregon is. But over this five-game streak, you lose to Northwestern, lose to Purdue at home, that was the Purdue loss was especially disappointing for the Spartans because that's a six and seven team that came in here and really got whatever they wanted on offense. Michigan State actually shot forty six percent from the field in that game. So it wasn't the struggle that the Spartans have had shooting the ball, and that's pretty much defined them in every game this season. but that game they shot forty six percent, which is really, really good for them. It was the combination of it was the combination of McLaughlin just making every shot known to mankind and burying the Spartans whenever they had a shot it was the combination of Dominique Odin driving on Parks driving on Bellis and picking up fouls at women converting Purdue was really really good from the charity stripe that game and give give props to them for doing exactly what the Spartans have struggled to do at times but as we look ahead to the Rutgers game we're going to get into a little bit of a preview here before we sign off for the evening if you're Michigan State it has to start with stopping Aurelia Garantis Garantis is a good player that comes into the game averaging 19.4 points a game she's a Lindsay Pulliam-esque talent she just is and the, the good thing is if you are Michigan State that's someone you might want to double whether it is you bring the center off to tr- you, you bring the center up to the top of the key to disrupt her offensive rhythm like Teams have started to do with Cassius, with Michigan State now. There's really not a lot of other players other than Garantis who can beat, who can beat you one-on-one, who can really make your life miserable. They still they have some other players. Takiyah Mack comes in averaging 12 a game. Sanders comes in averaging 10.5 a, a game. So they have some other players that are decent. But they really don't have anyone that is the second-in-command who's capable of being that player. For Northwestern, it goes 4-D between Abby Wolfe, Shide, Veronica Burton, and Pulliam. If Pulliam's having an off-night, which she very rarely does, you look at Burton, then you look at Shide, who can make everything from beyond the arc. You look at Wolf. So for, the, for, for Michigan State, it really just becomes a matter of, how are you going to defend Garante? She went off for 28 the last time these two teams played in Piscataway. That was... The highlight of the Spartans' year, in my opinion, was Michigan State going down on the night of Martin Luther King Day and registering a 66 to 55 win, a win against a road team, a road Big Ten team that's going to the tournament, and that was a turning point for the Spartans. They had won three straight. They had gone four and three in conference. They were back above 500, and we sat here and said, "This is next stretch is going to determine whether the Spartans have a shot at the NCAA tournament." or whether they're going to be dead in the water. And I thought there was a decent chance that they split, and I also thought there was a decent chance that they go 0-5. And you never want to be that kind of reporter that's all doom and gloom, but Michigan State has just gotten thoroughly outplayed. The, the, The teams that this team has played that are better than them, all year they've struggled against, all year. LSU, Florida State, West Virginia, Syracuse, Michigan, other than Rutgers, this team is really not beating a team that you can say, yup, they went in there and they beat a team that's better than them. That they made the term any given night come true that one night. Everybody that this team has beaten is either on the same general level of playing field or maybe a little bit worse. So going forward for Michigan State, they're going to have to do what they did against Ohio State at home. They're going to have to do what they did against Rutgers. Ohio State's a decent 7-5 and five team, but if, they, if Michigan State's able... To play like they did at home against Rutgers, Ohio State might not beat Purdue away, might not beat Michigan, but they will beat Penn State at home. They will beat Minnesota at home, and they will have a decent shot of beating Rutgers if they play like they did against Ohio State, if they have the ability to get punched in the mouth and come back swinging. But it's hard because... I, I sound like a broken record saying all this with the injuries and the sh- and the shooting woes and Merchant being mad and the inconsistent rotation and yada, yada, yada. It's kind of been a broken record for the last couple months or so, but it's really not changed. Everything that we bring up on a week-to-week basis, it, there's been no change. It, it's hard when... You look at the last five games Michigan State's lost, 76 to 48 against Northwestern, 85 to 55 last night, 94 to 53, the game before last night, lost to Iowa, 74 to 57. All those games they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. All of those games, Tyre Parks or Caleb Ellis, one of the bigs, was in foul trouble. All of those games, there was inconsistent rotations. There was injuries. Tori Osmond missed some of those games. So going forward for Michigan State, you're you're in full tank mode you are in full tank mode and whatever happens from the record is a side effect because this is not a team that really has a shot in heck i'll use the pg term here h-e-c-k in going whether it be winning the big 10 tournament or going to the wnit and making a serious run this team will be lucky to qualify for the wnit they the one Thing that Michigan State has going for them is the fact that all of these losses that they've sustained are against good teams. The only really, really ugly blotch on the resume of the Spartans is when they lost to Penn State, who's one in twelve in conference. And that one win that Penn State has notched in conference, being over the Spartans, that was the low point, I think, of the season for Michigan State. And then the Spartans, after that game, come back together, win three straight, and you think, okay, they've possibly turn the page, they beat Rutgers, they beat Ohio State, two good teams, two teams that probably will make the tournament barring some unforeseen circumstance. And then Michigan State not only loses to Northwestern, not only loses to Iowa, not only loses to Maryland, they get wiped off the floor. It wasn't a down-to-the-wire sort of game like Michigan State was against LSU, where you go, Michigan State should have won that, Michigan State was there at the end, and they let it go away from them, They got beat by a better team last night. They got beat by a better team against Maryland, plain and simple. And a lot of that doesn't help when you have to, in three out of four games, you have to go at Maryland, at Northwestern, at Iowa, especially when all three of those teams have legitimate Sweet 16, Elite 8 aspirations. All three of those teams could very easily get into the second week of the tournament. And Michigan State failed the test. For a team that has talked over and over and over about finding a way on the road, finding a way to be competitive and give yourself a shot at the end. To give yourself a shot so you don't fall behind by 15 early and you're playing catch-up. To give yourself a shot at the end where you can have that one last big run to overcome the mountain. And when you're losing by 25 at halftime, you're, you're over before it started. The only game where the Spartans really were in it per se on the road was against Iowa. That was the game Michigan State was tied 53-53 to after a Torrey Osment three. And Iowa ended that game on a 21-3, 21-4 run, I believe, and just wiped the Spartans off the floor. And that was Iowa being a better team and realizing we don't want to get upset at our home floor and we're going to do everything in our power to do what we do, Iowa, of course, being 11-2 in conference, Maryland 11-2, Northwestern 10-2, Indiana. Those four teams are the class of the Big Ten right now. Obviously, Northwestern, Maryland, Iowa all well, with 20 wins down the season, Indiana knocking on the door at 19-6, and six, Rutgers 17-6, six, Michigan 16-7. Then you go down, Ohio State, Purdue, Minnesota, Nebraska, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Penn State. It's going to be a really interesting final finale here for the Spartans the season is just flown by just seems like yesterday we were coming on the air for the first Breslin Breakdown podcast and now we only got a couple more weeks before we sign off until next year depending on how far this team goes obviously we will continue to host a podcast as long as they go in the tournament but with the way they're playing right now this could be one of those things where early March will be all she wrote for the 2019 season. And it's been an absolute honor to cover this team. As I've said many times before, the media accessibility that we are afforded by the entire MSU, Michigan state athletic community by athletic communications is second to none. It's something I greatly appreciate Susie Merchant being the kind of person that she is answers. Every question is very forthright is very outgoing someone that you know when you ask her a question she's not beating around the bush she's going to tell you exactly what she thinks and whether you agree with her opinion or not more often than not there's a great degree of validity in it because she's been in this game long enough she's been successful enough to know what's good what's not good so on and so forth so folks just ramping up here michigan state Hosting Rutgers on February 13th this Thursday, they will be also at home against, uh, will be home against Minnesota, and Michigan State will then go on the road to play Purdue, home against Michigan at Illinois, and then round out on the weekend of spring break, we get out on the 29th, I believe, of or 28th, there's only 28 days in February, stupid me, but the first because we get off on that Friday that Saturday and then that Sunday is when they play their last regular season game so impact sports and the whole women's beat Charlotte Steinberg Nathan Stearns Bobby Zephro, and Sutton McGee we will try to get out to every game I know that it's a great priority of mine to really try and have the ability to get out and do these things because just being able to talk to these people who a lot of people growing up idolizing is why I decided to go into sports journalism. But we thank you guys for tuning in with us. And we will see you guys next week. We'll try and get perhaps a special guest in, depending on uh, what we're able to do. We are going to try to go to Purdue, and maybe we will go live for that. So for all of you guys listening out there, stay tuned for our programming schedule. But... um. Yeah, once again, it's, this has been the Breslin Breakdown, and we will sound off with REO Speedwagon and Back on the Road Again, and like the song says, it will, I can't wait to get back on the road again and go out to Purdue, because going to the, going to Northwestern was a really, really interesting experience, so everybody, thank you for tuning in, for your host, Nathan Stern, Charlotte Steinberg, Bobby zephyr Signing off. Have a great week.